Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's episode 21 of Just a Couple Thoughts. So, uh, it's been a minute, as always. <laughs> Anything you want to tell the audience before we just get into it? We don't have that much recap. It's just um, saying cool video or our last video. <laughs> <laughs> cool video. Yes. Very cool. If you guys haven't seen it, our last episode involved special guest Ifu, who's also Sarah's younger sister. Mm-hmm. So check it out if you're interested in, in Vocaloid and um, the other thing we talked about, which was uh, just state of podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. The podcast about other podcasts, but that's not what we're talking about today. But before we actually get into our actual topic, mm-hmm. anything you want to say, Sarah? Um, I've just been thinking, right? Because this will be like one of the first podcasts that we do uh, under quarantine life. Quote unquote for me, yes. Why? Well, I'm still, I'm still technically going to work. Oh. Just in the limited amount. Because I'm considered an essential worker, technically, for my company. I don't want to get into it, but my company deals with a lot of shipping. And we have a lot of customers that kind of rely on us. So, we're quote unquote, essential. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this is, our, this is our first episode on the quarantine life. And uh, in COVID-19. So mm, You can't say that. Otherwise... We have to monetize. Not like we're monetizing anything. No, we're not. I, I honestly do not care. <laughs> because we've been doing quarantine stuff, at least I have, I've just been going to school, doing my Zoom meetings and uh, doing Ring Fit Adventure. Mm-hmm. I'm on day 25 of Ring Fit Adventure. That's fun. <laughs> Level 96. Apparently, Ring Fit Adventure is getting a resurgence lately. Where, uh... You what? Getting a resurgence. Oh, resurgence. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had no idea what you just said. Getting a resurgence <laughs> lately because, um... People are, I guess, working more indoors. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, apparently it's being sold out in a lot of places now. Well. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun game. It's, it's fun enough. I mean, we had it for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. I played with it for like a solid month because of I wanted to try speedrun the game, but uh, it's it's a hard game to constantly play when you're not we don't want to actually exercise when that's not the goal. You know, my my goal was to beat the game, not to like actually exercise. But you didn't beat the game. No, I did it because it it gets monotonous because what I was trying to do was beat the game on like the easiest level and find a faster way to do it. Yeah. But it gets so boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because even short worlds take like at least 20 to 30 minutes. Anyway. Yeah. Anything that's, else? That's about it. Kevin's yeah. been getting into modding. As we both have, let's mm-hmm. say, toy modding. Yeah, I've been I getting guess. into nerf modding and you've been getting into retro modding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, so what that means is... On my part, like, what does retro modding mean? Mm. I mean, that could mean a lot of things, right? But I'm more focusing on, um, like, old Nintendo products. So basically, like, um, Game Boy Colors, the original Game Boys, um, Game Boy Advance. So stuff like that. Replacing parts, adding in new parts. Um, I'm not, so it's not refurbishing. Um, it's more like making a new product. Yeah, it's more like upgrading an older Nintendo product. Mm -hmm. So that's like putting in a new LCD screen Mm -hmm. and putting in a new shell, new buttons, 
if you want, which I'm going to do, um, and perhaps spray painting. Does Retromani have OLED screens yet? No. No? Oh. No. Do you think we're going to get there eventually? Maybe, but not right now. Yeah. Somebody has to make it. So they're all made by indie companies, right? Yeah. So it's like there needs to be a demand for it, and there's mm. no real demand. Yeah. It's similar for Nerf, except I guess we're a slightly bigger company because apparently, like, lots of college students love Nerf modding, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not really that hard to do. It takes, like, a little electrical experience for mm -hmm. certain Nerf guns. So, like, for, for my side, right? Nerf modding usually involves either replacing springs for like the spring guns or replacing motors for the motorized flywheel guns. That's like the hard and fast way of doing it. You you can also do things like replacing parts with metal so they actually last longer and stuff like that. It's apparently pretty popular in college amongst college students and lots of people in their 20s and stuff like that. Um, and kids who are like ahead of the curve in the tech world. For, for those who are, who are somewhat interested in nerf modding, uh, there is a pretty solid community behind it. Um, it's really easy to get into, I found. And um, yeah, it's similar to modding old Game Boys and stuff. There's mm -hmm. a lot of information out there, mm -hmm. so it's very easy to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. I was watching YouTubers like um, The Retro Future. Mm -hmm you know do his thing yeah. and I, and then i was kind of like that's kind of cool and it's so easy like no joke mm -hmm. it is so so easy to just put in a new screen mm -hmm. simple yeah depending depends on what mod you buy also it is an expensive like all kind of modding it ends up getting more expensive than you realize right cuz it's like okay well I just want to replace the screen. But if mm. I'm going to replace the screen, I might as well replace the protective screen on the outside. You might as well do that. You might as well replace the shell. Yeah, you might, I might as well do well, that. You yeah. might as well replace the buttons. And yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm going to do that, I might, was, might as well just get a rechargeable battery. Yeah. It's only going to cost me like, what, 20 bucks more. And then like... If you're going to do that, you might as well get a flash card. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm going to do that, like... <laughs> so it, it gets expensive. Like, it's the same thing with, um, with Nerf modding too, where... Um, like real basic modding is cheap mm -hmm. but you do real basic modding like what's the point <laughs> you can for like springs like oh you can upgrade the springs but that doesn't make it that much stronger so you can upgrade the plunger tube but if you want to get upgrade the plunger tube then you might as well get an all metal one see um, I think that's the difference between like um, like modding like nerf modding and then like modding for like a Game Boy or mm -hmm. something is that for nerf modding, it seems to like I don't care how how far away I stray from the original product mm -hmm. because it ends up being its own kind of piece anyway. Mm -hmm. At the end, usually it becomes its own thing. You the only thing is like the opposite of of uh, retro modding actually, where the only thing that's still the nerf gun is the shell, like the entire interior. By the end of it, if you really go go into it. It's just mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Meanwhile, in retro modding, the only thing that's the same is the motherboard. Yeah, the board is the only thing that really stays the same for the most part. Like, mm -hmm. you can change, like... Um, and you could piecemeal mods, yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, 
uh, my Game Boy Color has a faulty um, power switch, mm. so it's all corroded inside. Uh, the little like um, metal tabs, the little contact points on the inside, they've all been like corroded, right? Mm. So um, I figured that was the problem initially. Like mm. it was just dirty. And I figured that was the problem. And then Kevin opened it up for me because I can't solder. Um, it's not hard, though. Yeah, I mean, I've done it before, but I can't. I don't want to do it with the one that we have. Hmm. Right. I have a little bit more experience than her. Yes. So we opened it up and it turns out that it's like totally corroded. There's only one pin that actually kind of works. Which is actually good in a way because... Um, when I opened it up and I saw that uh, it was corroded, the the copper contact points, it has two pins on it, right? Mm-hmm. But it only requires one of, them to, one of them to work. So it was kind of, in a way, it kind of... Nintendo kind of future-proofed themselves because, like, if it only relied on one pin, you're just fucked. Mm. <laughs> right? But it has a backup pin for you. So, you know, because it only needs one of the contact points. It still doesn't work quite right, though. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, this was kind of different before I changed the shell. But uh, when I changed, before I changed the shell, um, it wasn't very consistent. So I would try to turn it on, flick the switch on, and it, you had to get it just between two certain points um, or else it wouldn't stay on. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So it would like stay on and then would like turn off. And I'm like, okay. But I think it's just because the switch itself on the in the case was probably not. I don't know. It was, it was the old. case itself was probably loose. Yeah. Um, I think when you have an aftermarket case, everything's a little bit more tighter. Mm-hmm. So it kind of pushed everything tighter together, which yeah. let the switch actually have a better contact. Mm hmm. Yeah, so now it turns like, because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to buy another board and I really don't want to do that because... Mm. You can't buy the copper switch by yourself unless you get a custom yeah. made, which is possible, but... Yeah, unless I do but some it's finagling. it's such a small part. <laughs> yeah, unless I do like finagling and I um, tear other pieces from other boards and stuff like an NDS switch mm-hmm. and then try to Frankenstein it onto my board. But like I, I don't know. It kind of works a lot better now. So I'm kind of like I don't care. Yeah, you don't need it anymore. <laughs> and it's only for me, so yeah. it's like I'm not making it for somebody else. Yeah, you're not trying to sell it. Yeah. On the other hand, my Game Boy Advance um, works great. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, knock on wood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't come with the buttons. Yeah, it just didn't come with any of the parts. Well, some of the parts that I asked for did not come with it. So that's cool. Not like I wanted it mm-hmm. or anything. <laughs> Not like I asked for it. So I'm going to do the same treatment, mm-hmm. kind of, with the Game Boy Color. I I don't know. I Every time I talk about this stuff, right, I can see people's faces just, like... Lose excitement. Yeah, just, like, all of their excitement just kind of drains, and they start doing other things, and they fiddle with other stuff. It's like whenever I talk to you about some of my stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, now that we're in somewhat quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, even though I said I'm an essential worker, I only go in for like half a shift now. 
because that's how they're dealing with it. Only learning half the company work at a time. Um, I have more time to myself, so I've been getting, I guess, more hobbies. So, so it's not just my Nerf gun. I also got a three D printer, which supplements my Nerf gun and also other projects I wanted to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. The three D printer. The three D printer. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. cool. It's just initially. See, okay, I was talking about Kevin, like talking to Kevin about this, like earlier this week or last week. Mm-hmm. Is that he gets into these hobbies, right? Mm-hmm. And then he drops them. I don't drop them. Most of the time, I don't drop them. All right. Yeah, yeah. But you, but you get excited about something like okay, like Ring Fit Adventure. You're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, do it. Hmm. Your motorcycle. You were super I, I into st- motorcycles. I'm still into motorcycles, all right? All right. Okay. I'm just saying. The credit card thing. Still into it. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's not like I drop them. I just talk about them less because I have the plan, right? Okay. It just needs to be executed. Okay. It's, uh, especially the credit card thing. So... Uh, I don't want to talk about it here too much, but credit cards is something that you have to start early mm-hmm. and you have to work long term with it. You can't just do it all at once. So it's hard to keep up the excitement for credit cards. Like, you do your plan and you have to execute it in like in a total of five years. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, initially, initially mm-hmm. with the credit card thing, I was like, okay, that's interesting. But then like every day, Kevin would come up to me and be like, so here's what I'm thinking for the credit card thing. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, well, can we just relax? Like, hello? Nice to see you. <laughs> like, every time I talked to you, it was about credit cards. And then before that, it was about motorcycles. And then bef- and then after that, it was about Nerf guns. And then <laughs> it's just, what kind of Nerf gun should I get? What kind of 3D printer should I get? I'm like... It didn't take me that long to uh, find a 3D printer, all right? No. That's true. But it took me like a day. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. I shouldn't be complaining, I guess. It's a pretty cool thing. It just was really loud at the beginning. Yeah. So, okay, so the printer I got, uh, I got a Ender 3 Pro, right? Which, if anyone's interested in getting Ender 3 printers, I would suggest an Ender 3, uh, either the Ender 3 or Ender 3 Pro, depending on how much modding you want to do on it. But um, I would suggest it, and there are a couple upgrades I suggest off the bat, right? Uh, but initially, it's pretty loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, the the three D printer is pretty loud, and it gets annoying after a while. Um, I finally did a bunch of mods on it that makes it a lot more quiet. I was at my uh, I was I was not like at a maybe like a breaking point, right? With this 3D printer. It's like, I can sleep through pretty much anything. But there was like one point in the in the 3D printing process, right? Where I thought I was just going to lose it. Because like, it was one morning when I hadn't gotten very much sleep. And then this 3D printer was still printing. It was doing like an 18 hour print. And then Rob, the Roomba was doing his round at nine in the morning. And so he had those two things going on at the same time. I, I was just going to, I was so annoyed. And then you got up and then I'm like, oh, 
I can't sleep. I, can't, I just wanted to sleep just a little bit longer. But it, it's so loud. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like now, now the three pair is much quieter, right? It is much quieter. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I was playing playing once I'm all done with upgrading my three printer. I was gonna do a write up on it on Reddit because there's lots of like, I don't want to say mistakes mm-hmm. because I didn't really do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of stuff that I feel like are more important to upgrade than others. Mm. And um, I found that as I've gotten into some of these new hobbies, the Nerf thing, mm-hmm. the 3D printer, motorcycles, well, credit I'm, cards. I'm glad that you're into different things so that you have these hobbies. Mm-hmm. But like I was, now that I'm into all these, I found that the commun- there's a community for all of this, right? Yeah. Reddit is your friend when you don't have to deal with drama. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there are times where I feel like, oh, I should give back mm-hmm. and the, my 3d printing experience is probably my first time where like i feel like i could actually give back to the community because mm-hmm. like i said there are upgrades for that printer i feel like should completely prioritize mm-hmm. over other things mm-hmm. but there there is only like a couple write-ups about it and i feel like maybe i could contribute back mm-hmm. but yeah so that's what's up with us M- lots of modding and lots of our lots of hobbies, hobbies now yeah. that we have there, more time. Yeah. Now that there's less to do. Mm-hmm. Well, like, it's not necessarily that we have less to do. It's just that we don't go out as often. Mm-hmm. So all that traveling and going out time, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. We were supposed to go to, on a family trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and Over then, to Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. But that was canceled, of course. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to, I was supposed to go to a family reunion, mm-hmm. um, which was canceled. <laughs> um, and we're supposed to go to... A couple couldn't, well... well the conventions have been cancelled, but I'm pretty sure Fandom is going to get cancelled. Yeah, I'm going to, like... Yeah. yeah. Even if it doesn't get cancelled, I'm not even sure I want to go. Yeah. Um, And then there's uh, Evo, which hopefully doesn't get cancelled. And even if it doesn't can- get cancelled, hope maybe Vegas will be open. Yeah. So, we'll see what about Evo. That's over I in mean, August. It's kind of looking alright with people starting to let quarantine uh, no, i don't know i don't know i don't know it looks it, you could argue either way i would on okay here's the thing even though i say i'm optimistic about evo i feel like we do need to stay quarantined for a while mm-hmm. right if we really want to take this whole situation seriously mm-hmm. we should stay quarantined for a good good while now whether or not they will actually do that is a whole different thing mm-hmm. um but yeah that's just my thought on it, on it. Well, I think that's enough uh, modding talk and <laughs> hobby talk. I'm sure I can I can already see people's eyes glazing over. So it's <laughs> I think it's time to talk about something else. I mean, if you guys okay, before I switch over though, right? Mm-hmm. If you guys are curious about any of the things, YouTube and Reddit are your friends, right? Mm-hmm. If you care, like for Nerf, I suggest watching Lord Draconoid and Coop. Mm-hmm. Um, for motorcycles, Reddit is your friend. R slash motorcycle is a great community. For credit cards, I suggest Asebi and Credit Shifu because they're they're pretty much the best like entry points for that. Um, and for three D printing, uh, the Reddit is great. There's a if you want to get started, the Ender Three community is very strong, and you can troubleshoot pretty much anything. The thing with three D printing is. Around in the lower, like, lower uh, 500 to, like, 200 price point, 
you're not paying for print quality. You're pay paying for uh, customer support. And the Android 3 is a cheap printer. It's not like super cheap, like under 100 or like under, um, under 100 or under 150. But it's about like under 200 to like 250, depending on whether you got the regular Pro version. But they have little to no customer support. So you rely on the community. Luckily, there's a great community behind it. So it kind of works out. So if you're interested in any of those, those are the stuff I suggest. Okay, and what were you, Sarah? Um, in terms of um, modding Game Boys, uh, Game Boy and Nintendo products, um, the Retro Future is a good place to start. It's really digestible, um, and he makes it he makes it feel like anybody can do it. Like he gets his girlfriend to come on and like mod and change the shell. And it's super easy to change the Game Boy shell. Mm. Anyone can do it. Literally anybody. So, um, and Esoteric Sean is also a good one. If you want to um, kind of have like a more laid back experience um, and kind of like learn something about something different about uh, Nintendo products, like specifically Game Boy modding. Um, I really like his content. Um, and I think it's really well informed. Uh, he goes into detail a little bit more than uh, uh, the Rush Futures channel does. So I can't remember his name right now. It's just really bothering me. Mm. Oh, it's like, same. like I said Coop, right? If you mm -hmm. look up Nerf Coop, you'll find what channel it is. Yeah. But it's actually like Coop with a couple numbers I don't remember. <laughs> I, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. I can't remember his name. Mm. <laughs> but like... Um, yeah, they're good places to start mm -hmm. um, on YouTube. And then, of course, if uh, the community itself, sometimes I just look up stuff on Reddit. Um, and if you need parts, um, retro modding, they're Canadian based, but mm -hmm. um, they ship worldwide. Um, maybe not now, <laughs> but um, I think with this video, by the time this video goes up, they'll be shipping again. Yeah. Um, maybe hopefully um, and they have like like a wide variety of products not just um, and I'm not sponsored we're not sponsored by retro modding <laughs> or funny playing but like um, yeah if you want to buy um, IPS screens over there AGS models whatever those are the different screens whatever you can all buy them there different shells different buttons and they're all um they're all pretty cool i haven't ordered anything yet to be fair because when i was trying to order stuff uh it was during quarantine and they were like we're not shipping to uh we're not shipping orders yet and yeah. they weren't shipping to U.S. customers for a while because I think, I don't know. I don't know why. But anyway, yeah, there you that's go. all I got to say about that. So into the actual topic I want to talk about today, right? So full disclosure, when, uh, or not full disclosure. Here, okay, I, I'm going to have a hard and fast rule about this. Um, I want to avoid naming specific YouTubers. Mm -hmm. unless we're talking about them in a positive light right because 
I I don't want to call out anyone because that's not my place to call out people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and trust me, this isn't like like a kind of like a hate thing or I'm like I'm hating on certain people's content. Mm-hmm. That's not what exactly I want to talk about today. Well, um, because today I want to talk about kind of like not necessarily discourse and arguments on YouTube, but kind of like how the format on how certain things are made, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, if what we're saying uh, sounds like a YouTuber you're thinking of, it probably isn't that YouTuber. Just think of it as this nebulous thought, <laughs> this nebulous example YouTuber, right? Mm-hmm. And again, um, we're not we're gonna avoid naming certain YouTubers unless we're talking about them in positive light. Um, so the thing I. W- kind of want to talk about is how I've been getting increasingly frustrated when I um start uh, when I'm on YouTube right uh, I I watch a lot lots of videos relating on certain communities um generally that would be like the anime community right or that would be on um maybe just news in general the movie community, right? Um, and I don't want to sound like one of those people who are like, oh, mis- misinformation and everything like that. And that's the biggest problem. It's a problem, right? It's an issue for every community. But I'm I'm not the kind of person, I'm not going to be that person who's going to be out there just screaming to the heavens and be like, everyone should start speaking the truth. I understand how misinformation starts and how... It's not everyone's fault, right? Um, what I want to talk about specifically is how I I'm getting irritated watching certain videos, and then when they try to present the content as fact, but what they're saying isn't exactly. I don't want to say fact, because that's not a thing you can hardly say. But more of like, it's it's quite obvious. It's just their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like, um, I I've told Sarah to watch a couple of videos. So the two videos I told her to watch was a Quinn Curio video about the animation community and their critics, and the other video about um by Cartoon Cipher about why. Ishishoku reviewers or any species reviewers got taken down by Funimation, right? So the reason why I wanted her to watch those videos is um so for the Quinn Curio video in particular, I found that video a good example of pointing out how certain content out there where it's what they're saying is trying to present themselves like they are right, but then at the end they're going like, oh, but it's just my opinion, even though their content it's kind of like showing as if what they're saying is fact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, the Ikishoku reviews out. I feel like that's a good example of how an initial interpretation or initial like the initial response to something mm-hmm. most of the time isn't often right, and there's lots of nuance and subtext to why things are happening, mm-hmm. right? So, if you want to get into, is there a particular thing you want to get into 
with those two videos before I talk about other things. So like, okay. Again, I don't want to call out any any specific people. Let, let's start with something that I feel like relates to the more misinformation side and I feel like has a more healthier distance um, to me, uh, to what, not to me, to our current time right now, which is the, the animation community, uh, community and their critics, right? So like the, the Quinn Curio video is about the animation community and the critics and the and her criticizing their criticism, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think, um, and I'll have links to this in the description, right? Where mm-hmm. I think what annoyed me about that whole situation was that there was very little benefit to the doubt with the I don't want to say benefit to the doubt. Um, the critics. Mm-hmm didn't often think about who they're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Like they, they didn't quite see the other people as, I don't want to say they didn't see them as people, mm-hmm. but they kind of saw them as a brand or they saw them in more of a more negative light. They're just jealous because they're popular. They're popular and they don't like their content. I mean, that's true, right? Uh, when I she mean, talked about the people, it was like a lot of the people were annoyed that they were just popular, mm-hmm. right? Like, I personally am a fan of Oswald Out and JD Animations, right? I'm not. Because they're like, this was a story time videos, and yeah. they're all like, they're anime story time videos, and that might not mesh with everyone, right? Or it's just not the content that you exactly want to see on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason why you shouldn't like them? No, but my issue isn't the fact that they just didn't like them or they're just jealous. Mm -hmm. My issue was the fact that they tried to put a veil over their criticism Mm -hmm. in terms of just like, oh, I'm not criticizing them because I didn't like them. I just think their content is bad. But their video didn't exactly present it that way. Mm -hmm. Where if you... there, There is an issue, I think, on... YouTube, and I think the internet in general, where it's hard for people to see subtext. Mm-hmm. It's hard for people to realize that the video isn't just a video. It's also there's a person behind the video actually making it. Yeah. And you more often than not, you can understand where a person's coming from on both sides mm-hmm. when you realize that there's a human being. <laughs> Right, whether it's a hate video or whether it's a a review, whether it's a commentary channel, when you realize that there is a person behind there and they have their own opinions and they may or may have not done the research on the certain subject they're talking about, you can understand what exactly they're talking about better. For the Quinn Curio video, I feel like I feel like this is a good subject to go on because, like I said, we have a very healthy distance. Like this happened like maybe two or three years ago. Right. There's a very healthy distance towards the situation. But I feel like it's still relevant now when it comes to a lot of certain people's criticism towards other, whether it be YouTubers or other content creators. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want this video just to be all about how we don't like, you know, hate videos or just commentary channels. I quite like commentary channels, actually. It's more of, I have an issue with them not seeing the other person as human beings mm-hmm. or them not getting the actual subte- uh, subtext 
or them not understanding that things kind of need more nuance than mm-hmm. just you did something bad, thus we shall throw you to the flames. <laughs> mm. I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know, after watching that video, um, the one with the YouTubers and stuff, mm-hmm. kind of made me feel bad, because I was like, it, it made me feel bad for watching those types of, like, commentary channels, mm. right? Because, like, because um, it's not like I dislike those kinds of channels, right? Like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Is that, and I, I kind of enjoy it, and it's like, right? It's kind of nice to see other people hating on other people, if that sounds kind of bad. You you like but the gossipy part of it. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the drama, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what most people like mm-hmm. about, you know, those kind of videos. Yeah, they're just clickbait, so you can get drama and likes, and you can stir up shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> my my issue is like that's not necessarily a bad thing especially when it comes to personalities that kind of live off that drama mm-hmm. right um that's not necessarily a bad thing it's yeah. more of when that's targeted toward people who are really not deserving of that mm-hmm. right like you may not like Oz One or Jane Animations right yeah but you can't say that they deserved they don't really do anything. Yeah, they didn't. They never <laughs> did anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might not really enjoy their content. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made for that kind of, like, demographic, right? Where yeah. it's just like, okay, well, it's... You obviously have, like, a high school young person demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe going into college, right? Because mm-hmm. so, that's kind of relatable. I'm hip and sort of relatable. Mm-hmm. And I get it, right? Yeah. The content is just not for me. So I'm just like, I don't understand the hate of these people because they're just living off the YouTube Ecosystem. algorithm, yeah. you know? So it's just like, the I algorithm. don't... The algorithm. That works against a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. You're the one who made a mistake, okay? Making a commentary channel, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand this, right? Why am I not getting the views, right? Because your video is like, <laughs> you're making these controversial videos and expecting, so you're trying to work, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but like, people like that really like. <sighs> you're trying to feed off what's the popular controversy today. Yeah, they're like the bottom feeders, right? <laughs> Damn, Sarah. No, not saying that the people that are like, you know, that are taking advantage of that system are bad people. I'm just saying that the content that they create is basically that. They get the little titty tidbits, right? Mm -hmm. All the tidbits from... They try to, like, look at all the drama. They're like those little catfish. Yep. Right? And they they basically feed off what everyone else is already fed off. Yeah, and they're like, whoa, I'm... I'm so woke, guys. Like, you guys are in the past. I saw what Jaden Animation was doing, like, forever ago. And you guys don't even know the real tea. <laughs> right? And that's like... Okay, sorry. I gotta say something. That's like the... <laughs> that's like the YouTube beauty community, because I am also mm, inundated yeah. in YouTube beauty community and YouTube, like celebrity drama that's right? a little bit more recent uh, the whole beauty community drama thing, oh right? i love it i can't get enough i don't even know who some of these people are and i'm just like 
God. See, you're you're the opposite of me when it comes to that. Like, you love all this drama. While I'm here, like, is it necessary? I kind of just want the content. <laughs> you know? Because, like, okay. So, well, while for you, that drama is the content. <laughs> I don't... Because uh, I don't care about celebrity drama, right? Mm. Celebrity drama, I don't care, right? But I think because they're YouTubers and they feel like... They feel like friends. Yeah, they... F- that parasocial relationship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you feel like, oh, we're close, kind of close to these people. Like, these people were normal people at one is it, point. Is the <laughs> difference between gossiping over celebrities and more over gossiping over friends? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the whole ice, high school, like, drama Well, gossip. that's just, like, what it is. Yeah. All of this content that people make, it's all, like, high school drama. Yeah. It's, like, only, like, people can only be one thing. It's high school musical, but in YouTube form, right? Yeah, stick, actually. Stick to the status quo. Actually. You can only be a nerd. You can only be a jock, right? Sort of, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's it's more like with everything. It's a little bit more nuanced than that because it's it's like High School Musical, but if Sharpay was an actual straight up villain who had consequences over her actions, I could I could compare it to yeah, I could co- compare Sharpay to somebody, but I won't. Yeah, no. but like I said, I don't. I only want to talk about people in a good light here. Um. But yeah, I I think it's like High School Musical. Mm-hmm. It's just like high school. Yeah. People are gross, yeah. right? And like I said, like I don't have an issue with that inherently. I feel like, like I said, there are channels who kind of feed off that drama, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like all those kind of personalities are kind of fine with it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But I have more of an issue when they have content that's not related to whatever drama they're talking about. Like, okay, here's a channel I like that I feel like gets a lot of unnecessary drama. Mm-hmm. I would say 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Game Theory. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say... Um, Mother's Basement. Sa- same thing, actually. You know what? 100%. Same thing. Mother's Basement and Game Theory, I feel like gets like unnecessary drama about, let's say... 90 to 80 percent of the time Mm -hmm. 10 percent of the time or maybe at most 20 percent i see where they're coming from Mm -hmm. right i i understand that like oh they have a bad take or something or Mm -hmm. they miss something or they or they they made a video at the wrong time yeah they made a video at the wrong time right but like i get it however there is more subtext to that like i think okay game theory has made bad videos before don't get me wrong right i think the worst videos are and i feel like these are videos that they will uh that matt pat himself will actually say they weren't good which was the one with knights versus samurais versus i forgot what the last one was Mm -hmm. um the phoenix Wright episode um because he just ignored the lore of the game entirely Mm mm-hmm and I'm trying to think of other ones, but like I said, he's made bad videos, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what people need to realize is that his channel is kind of focused on different things. You need to you need to realize that he he has a certain purpose to some of his videos, mm-hmm. right? For um for like the Phoenix Wright one, it's it was more an educational episode about how law works. However. That's not how law works in Phoenix Wright, which is kind of why it was a bad episode, mm-hmm. right? So, 
or even one of his more recent videos with the whole um who would survive a pandemic right and people were judging him because like oh you're profiting over this most about what's happening right now and like people are mm-hmm. dying right and to that i would say i feel like most youtubers are kind of profiting over what's happening right now mm-hmm. right um but that's that's whatever i can get into that but i i really don't want to yeah i feel like a lot of it is like follow me during quarantine or mm-hmm. like what look here's my like quarantine stream millionaire youtubers and it's like my house tour during quarantine not gonna say who they are but my quarantine just... uh stream my and i'm okay like i said i'm not saying they're bad people right yeah we're not saying that these people are bad it's just saying that no, for instance like... all right wait here's a person who's doing a quarantine stream that i like Frederick newson is doing a quarantine tea stream right we had tea time and he's just talking to um viewers right mm-hmm. technically he is profiting over that but i like his stuff i thought you were talking about um jacksepticeye's um charity stream which he is not profiting off he's of. not profiting off that right but in a way, they technically still are mm-hmm. because that is bringing attention to the channel. Yeah. Right. It, that might be like a a side effect that they're not intending to do, mm-hmm. but it's still happening. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing with the game theory where like that whole video, I think it's more important to view that video as an educational video about how to, you know, mm-hmm. stay safe during a pand- pandemic mm-hmm. rather than him profiting over it right Mm -hmm. and you also have to realize that he runs a company guys he needs to profit off what he's doing Mm -hmm. right it's not just matpat behind a computer making these videos anymore he has uh employees that he needs to pay especially now Mm -hmm. right so and that's what i mean by like people are missing subtext that like yes Technically, he's profiting over this quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also trying to educate people about how to be safe during the quarantine. And he's also trying to make money so he can pay for the employees and survive on his own, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Everyone on YouTube, who, anyone who's a semi-successful YouTuber is still trying to make money. Mm-hmm. It does not matter, Right. And if you try and if you try to view everyone as this money grubbing YouTuber who's only in it for the money, then you you have to view like everyone who's successful that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's not people like that. Like I I know I just said that I don't want to call anyone out, but I feel like like I said it's a hard and fast rule. It's not gonna apply to anyone. J Station is a money grubbing YouTuber, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Uh, you could say that about him because that's actively what he's doing, mm-hmm. right? He's not making real content. He's just feeding off what's happening, mm-hmm. right? Game theory is someone who's actively making content, right? You may not like it. You may not agree with it, but you also have to see his videos as something that like, oh, maybe these are Easter eggs. Maybe this is just piecing together lore. Maybe he's actually trying to educate you, mm-hmm. Right. You know what I don't understand about game theory, um, like people who hate on game theory is that people people who don't like the theory and get upset. Mm-hmm. It's a theory. It's not real. Like no one is telling you this it's is It's a literal fact. game theory. <laughs> the channel is called Game Theory. 
And then people are like, well, I don't like it when he says, like, like I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to somebody, right? I'm not going to say who it is, but I was, I was talking to them one time and they're like, oh, I don't like game theory because he always says it's a theory at the end. It's like, feels like it wasted my time. I'm like, why did you watch a channel called Game Theory if you didn't want to know any of the theories of game theory? I think people also misunderstand what theory is in a scientific term, which is a theory is just hypothesis backed up by evidence, right? Yeah. It's not saying it's true. It's not saying it's false. No one is saying it's true. Yeah, no, no one. one is saying it's true about game theory. And that's what really makes me mad. People come into game theory and they're like, well, I don't like that Five Nights at Freddy's theory that you had. And all of the Five Nights at Freddy's theories are so bad. It's like nobody, nobody's asking you, one, to watch these videos. Mm -hmm. Two, nobody is saying that they're real, that they're true, you know? That's what makes me so mad. It's like people who are like, well, that's just not right at all. Like, okay. It's like, that's not the point. And again, I don't want to brush everyone as a broad, with a broad stroke and just say they're all like this. An example of how to respond to game theory well is like his Hollow Knight episode, right? He talked about another YouTuber who actively knows the lore about Hollow Knight and kind of like how his video kind of disagrees with MatPat's video. Mm -hmm. And they actually have a good back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're just discussing the lore of the game. They're not hating on each other at mm -hmm. all. Which is what I think people are trying to do to Game Theory in particular, right? It's the same thing with Mother's Basement. Where it's like, his videos, you can see him as a money-growing person, I guess. Especially when he kind of leans into it as like the person who shills, right? But you also have to realize that literally every YouTuber takes sponsors, right? Mm -hmm. Almost every YouTuber takes sponsors and the exceptions are kind of far and few in between, right? If you want to basically have a YouTuber who's only in it for YouTube and only YouTube, then you have to find a channel that doesn't run ads doesn't have sponsors and doesn't try to feed off the algorithm of current controversies, which is like almost no one. <laughs> I was watching um, a Cold Ones podcast mm -hmm. recently, one of the newest ones with uh, Raka Raka, and I don't know anything about them. Mm. Let me just say this. So if they have any past controversies, I don't know anything about it, right? Yeah. I only am going off of this podcast interview, right? So apparently they did not monetize their videos for a long time. Mm. So they make these like um, fight videos mm -hmm. and they're like kind of graphic, right? Yeah. So they don't. Oh, do you know them? No. So they. Um, so they're super kind of graphic and they're kind of well choreographed. Mm -hmm. Right. But they refused to monetize their videos because they thought, oh, that's kind of greedy in it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, do that. Right. Mm -hmm. But even they were like, even our audience was saying, why don't you just monetize them Yeah, or take a sponsor? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> that's, that's so weird to hear. Yeah. Like, cause, cause, <laughs> and they were saying that every time, like they don't actually make that much money off mm -hmm. of their, off, off of their work mm -hmm. because most of it if not all of it goes back into the video. So they're actually in the negative, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't actually make anything. 
And I was just kind of surprised. I was like, um, I guess there's a channel out there. Like I said, there are far get, few between, but there are examples. They get super hurt. Mm. Like, like, um, they were showing their like, um, I guess one of them had to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. was just in the hospital. And they're like, oh, you have to get 12 stitches <laughs> or half it, like two dozen stitches. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, thanks. And he was like talking about like a video where uh, they were filming and uh, he had to go to the hospital because he got like they were they had explosives mm-hmm. and they, ex- they exploded. Right. Mm-hmm. And like a branch was stuck in his face. So he had to go to the hospital get stitches and stuff right mm-hmm. and then he was like oh i gotta i gotta leave because we only have these explosives for one day mm-hmm. right yeah um and the hospital's like no you can't we gotta run more tests and stuff. make sure you're all right and you don't get an infection he's like no and he ran out of the hospital so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like he's like he's like later i came back and explained the situation but mm. he's like i only had explosives for one day so we, we had to do it mm-hmm. like okay that not related really but it's not related because that is an example of a youtuber content creator who's only in it for i guess the content right well from what i know mm. from that podcast i don't know i did not do any more research on them yeah so if it turns is this out something that you just passed by yeah. yeah so if it turns out that there is something else happening there then feel free to inform mm-hmm. with <laughs> with references <laughs> okay mm-hmm. think of it as a college essay right yeah. you're not gonna citations please yeah you're, you're not gonna come at me with like half-baked evidence okay mm-hmm. you're just not gonna fly <laughs> yeah so like that's kind of what this whole episode is going to be about because you have people have to realize that if you're a full-time youtuber you have to make a living somehow right mm-hmm. And I think a majority of content creators nowadays are full-time YouTubers. Eh, I don't want to say majority. I think the most popular majority are full-time YouTubers, right? That's kind of... That's how they have to make the money. Through monetization and through ads. Mm-hmm. And through sponsorships. They... In order to keep doing what they love to do, that's what they have to do. And like the other thing that people don't like Mother Base about is like his opinions, right? But I don't think... Here's what I talk about when people try to present their videos as fact or not, right? I've never seen a Mother's Basement video and thought, like, that's fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, when he was talking about, like, Ray Zero being, like, one of the greatest anime. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I watched a video, but I'm like, I'm going a little too hard, okay? Yeah. It's good, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't that good. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, I love his content, right? I don't agree with everything he says right mm-hmm. but i love his content and like but i've never seen some of his videos as like this is the fact this is how it is right mm-hmm. they're all analysis yeah right they're either analysis or putting a spotlight on a certain thing so he and his videos are formatted that way mm-hmm. if you guys watch a lot of film um youtubers it's a similar situation where like most reviewers of film and most people who analyze film never entirely say that their opinion is fact. That is almost never the case, right? Well, because it's a form of art and it's all subjective. It's just what you take out of it. Yeah, here's the thing though. I feel like the anime community as a whole hasn't understood that yet. (laughs) 
I again, it's it's hard to say this and not sound like I'm calling people out, right? But some people. <laughs> okay, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm just kidding. Yeah, every every community has their bad apples, right? Mm-hmm. It does not matter what community you're in, but I feel like as a whole, the anime community hasn't totally grown up. Right, Giga made a video recently how like oh this is the year where anime or this is the the decade where anime grew up, mm-hmm. right? And I would agree in like in the Western side of how they publish anime, and that's about it. But I do not agree in terms of the anime community itself. I feel like the anime community itself had some severe growing up to do when it comes to piracy as a whole, when it comes to respecting its creators. Mm-hmm. When it comes to analysis towards anime itself, and what's a good and bad faith uh, criticism, mm-hmm. I I don't think the anime community as a whole has that down, right? I think in general the film community does, but also in general the film community doesn't, because <laughs> just go into what the superhero film community and you see a lot of that same situation. Maybe not with the piracy, but with bad faith arguments mm-hmm. and like how they are super protective towards their own opinions or towards another person's that they look up to opinions. Right. I, I have issues with people trying to, how can I say, attach themselves towards a certain opinion and they're in- inflexible to change. Mm-hmm. H three, the they had they had a video recently talking about how the whole iDub situation, right? And I'm not gonna get into that. That's far too close right now for me to actually get into. But um, where they talk about how they don't like hero worship in the current community of YouTube, right? And how people saw iDubs as like this hero, and they're like, "You betrayed us," right? In a similar vein, I don't like it when people take certain content creators and hold their opinion as their own, right? And I'm not saying like I'm not, I wasn't like this at one point. Like I was, but that's just a part of people growing up and making their own opinions, right? And that's, even though I get frustrated over this, and even though there's a lot of things I just talked about that I get really annoyed by, that doesn't mean I don't understand where they're coming from. I I understand where they're coming from because I've been there. And I've, I'm not like mad at you in particular. I'm mad at the situation. I, I just want people to understand that the content creators are people. The, there's lots of nuances in almost every situation. And you need to do your own research, which goes towards the cartoon cipher video and that whole situation. Oh, <laughs> mm. all right. Before I go into that, anything you want to mention with the whole thing I just said, Sarah? I think people have the problem that they've always had, right? Mm-hmm. Is that they, they, they see somebody, um, this like in, well, they're called influencers for a reason, right? Yeah. But they see this, uh, like influential figure, Mm-hmm. Right? That really meant something to them that they probably grew up with or they probably had a real deep attachment to. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you know, they, I really vibe 
with that opinion, right? Yeah. They really get me. And mm. then as soon as like they like differ on opinions, they feel like a sense of like betrayal, right? Mm -hmm. But that's just like how the person always was. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people grow up and sometimes people just don't feel the same way about certain things. And that's totally normal, mm -hmm. right? It's all part of growing up. But um, some people just don't have that. Some people just don't grow up. Yeah. Um, and this isn't just for the anime community. It's for the gaming community. It's for all, all communities. All kinds of communities. All kind of communities where they have any sort of commentary, anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like people don't. It's. I feel like these commentary channels, even though sometimes they do good things with calling out certain people, mm. um, I feel like they're kind of destructive in a way mm. where it brings attention to these horrible people sometimes. Not horrible people, but people who otherwise shouldn't have a platform. Mm. You know, this isn't for everybody, but I'm, I'm talking about it like certain kinds of people on the platform right mm -hmm. like for a mother's wait for mother's basement mm -hmm. i don't really think this applies mm -hmm. but it also like exacerbates the problem right yeah so by making these commentary videos like you're making a mountain out of a molehill mm -hmm. right or when you make commentary videos about like really like horrible people right mm -hmm who don't really need any more attention that they're getting, like the J stations of the world, right? Yeah. If we're going to call out one person. One person in particular. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't need any more, um, any more screen time, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, people who make commentary channels or people who wanted to say something about it because it was hot at the time... They were profiting off of stuff like that. And I don't think that although sometimes, like I said, that they that sometimes commentary channels are good things and then they call people out. Sometimes, yes, they exacerbate the problem, make things worse sometimes, hmm. give attention to people who don't deserve it. Hmm. Um, like JJ is just a good example of that on both sides, right? Yeah. Or like if it wasn't for commentary channels, then no one would have known because he had this fervent fan base that like yeah. this stuff but they also took it like a step too far because it started yeah. making way too much attention well he, yeah here's the problem though because there's no control right yeah there's, there's no, no dial <laughs> sense of self-preservation with people right mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna report on this and that's it mm -hmm. and right? then and then more people report and then more people report, yeah and more people report and then it's flooded because people say see oh i can make money off of hating on j station right mm -hmm. or hating on mother's basement or hating on j like jaden animations right mm -hmm. i can make money off of hating people and maybe that's good content yeah right put yeah. up a salacious like thumbnail and like um title for your video right mm -hmm. and then people will click on it, it it's just that there's because there's no real dial or real way to control it because these are all different people and yeah and and it's not just commentary channels that are the problem right yeah. because by themselves they're not a problem but i think the people that watch them people like me because mm. I, I know that i am 
guilty of watching those kind of channels mm. it's like and i will totally own up to that mm -hmm. um but so it's a little hypocritical of me to say this but i i recognize the problem mm. is that people like like me who love that kind of drama right love the drama love the tea is that it's not healthy right it's not healthy to be so obsessed with this person <laughs> and this this life that does not this the whole situation that doesn't concern you yeah it does not involve you at all yeah yeah but the fact is that you're so curious you're like it's like a story and you want to know how it ends right mm -hmm. and when it ends you don't care anymore yeah like like i said inherently they're not a bad thing mm -hmm. but it's, it's more of an issue where it starts spreading to be an issue yeah it starts becoming this huge thing. Going into my thing that I want to add on, Cartoon Cypher had a video about the whole interspecies reviewer thing. If you don't know about the whole interspecies reviewer things, uh, Funimation licenses an anime called interspecies reviewers, or in a Japanese title, Ikishoku reviewers. And the entire idea, it's a bunch of people who go out and go to prostitutes in this fantasy world. And they and go to brothels. Brothels, right? They're called sucky girls in that world, right? Mm -hmm. And w what they do is basically they have sex with these people and then they write reviews after, after mm -hmm. it, right? It's a pretty, like, mediocre show. Yeah, it's all right. Like, yeah. there's, like, nothing... I mean, I like it, but... Mm. I mean, you like it for... You know why you like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you know why you like it. Don't, don't say that, oh, man, I love the overarching story because there is none. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the animation. I mean, it's not not that great yeah so the, but the main drama was that oh uh after episode three funimation was like okay this anime is pushing it a little bit too far mm -hmm. and they decided to take it down off their site right mm -hmm. and then and then it became this huge issue where everyone was like oh why'd you take away ikishoku reviewers mm -hmm. right you cowards you cowards um put it back up i suggest everyone to go and if you're more curious about the situation go watch the cartoon cypher video because mm -hmm. it shines more light towards what exactly happened mm -hmm. and why it came out that way if you really are interested i don't want to have to summarize the whole video no because you know yeah it's like a class okay yeah just, watch just, the, go, just watch the video just watch the video like watch the video come back yeah and then you'll be up to date. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's only your graphic. But uh, my issue, my issue is, right, is if you go into the situation knowing nothing about how anime production is, knowing nothing about how any of this happened, you would think that Funimation took it down because they are this prudish company or whatever. Mm -hmm. Except if you know Funimation and their content and what they actually publish, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. It's just that a show went a little bit too far graphically and they did not know if they were going to keep pushing that boundary. You know, but I feel like people's reactions to them taking it down were kind of justified was... in a way. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't get me wrong. Okay. Their initial gut reaction was like okay <laughs> you know i get it though because mm -hmm. my reaction was the same mm -hmm. right not knowing anything i'm just like hey <laughs> where's my porn <laughs> formation what are you you tell me that you you're scared you're scared of a little titty okay 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then you watch later episodes and then you're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's too graphic. <laughs> it's a little too... It's a little too much. A little too much. Right. I think the egg laying episode really was like, oh, 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 no. It's weird now. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> so it's it's like my original gut reaction, I thought, was kind of justified. I was like, why, why would they? Like, I felt justified. I should mm-hmm. say that. Like, I was like, why would they take it down? Like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, and then the more that I watched it. The more I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Yeah. I get why this was not. (laughs) This was not kosher. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. If it's like Funimation synonymous with Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Like Mm. kind of too, like if you have a, a, an anime about brothels and then you <laughs> and prostitution and then Dragon Ball Z. It's like mm. not saying that it, that was the reason that they took it down yeah. for the like, company image. If but. you actually watch the video, you can more understand of why exactly they took it down. Yeah. And it's not and it's another one of those situations where like we don't we will never entirely know why. Yeah. Right? Because there could be a multitude of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. My personal theory is that they just did not know how far the, the studio was going to push it. Mm-hmm. And so they could not take that risk. Because episode three was really pushing it just off the bat. It, it's, but my issue, right, is that if you don't know why Funimation took it down, you, it doesn't take more than a couple Google searches away. To get more information and more context. Mm-hmm. You, and like I said, you'll never know why exactly. No one will ever know exactly why. I, but, I, yeah, I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I guess if you, if you Google search it, then you'd find something. But then, you, then you, you'd also be inundated with also fake. The, all the misinformation, which yeah. is my issue. So, because people are so counterintuitive with this. Because when it came to the situation, there were so many people going like, why, 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 why? And it just kept flooding the situation. And so whenever you look up interspecies reviewers and mm-hmm. why it was like off animation, it was just a bunch of people going, why, 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 why? And there was yeah. no answers. Yeah. To find that cartoon cipher video. It took me way more time than it took to find that video and to find other people in the industry and the context that uh, the context I needed to understand more about why Funimation had to take down industry reviewers off their streaming platform. It doesn't mean that I'm not gonna publish it. Who knows what's gonna happen in that licensing situation? Where none of us are part of Funimation unless Someone from Funimation is listening to this podcast, which, hi, I guess. <laughs> hey, we have Funimation now, okay? We support, all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you want to hit us up with a sponsor. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where I sit there and... Th- th- that, that was one of my breaking points when it came to this whole misinformation thing. Because the people wanting answers was so... It's not like they didn't want the answers, but it was so counterproductive to trying to get it mm-hmm. because it kept flooding the actual search results to not the right answer. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It was a bunch of people going like, I don't know why they took it down. And that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Why they take it down 
or like they actively say something wrong like Funimation is a prudish company who censors everything even though if you actually watch what they license and put out mm-hmm. that is 100% not the case yeah right you could make like weird stupid arguments about dubs mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the actual content of what the subs are so it, regardless <laughs> I'm going. I'm going way too far about this rabbit hole. You could tell. You could tell that it really irritated me whenever I, on this situation in particular, because I, it really did took me way too much time, to, actually trying to find this context, mm-hmm. right. Um. When it and when it came down to it, I think. Misinformation on the internet is something we're not going to be able to avoid, right? The best I can do to play my part in trying to tell people is try to do your own research, right? If if the thought in your head is why or how or what, right? Mm-hmm. Your first instinct should be look it up. <laughs> okay, for example... Right, mm. not really related, but there was like this this um, video mm. about um, like a fake Pokemon anime sequel thing mm-hmm. where Ash is grown up and he married Serena. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh. <laughs> and it turned out it it was a uh, it was an artist trying to put in like a it was entering a contest or something like that yeah Yeah. and that was like a part of the video but the first part was like it was like like a gotcha moment right yeah where you're like if you didn't watch the whole video and you just watched that part you would or you just saw the thumbnail yeah Mm. you'd be like wait really and then like i was i was like wait really and then i was talking about it with kevin i'm like Hey, that sounds really fake, though. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You just got to think about it for a second. Like, yeah. sit down and think about it and think, is this right? Yeah. <laughs> like, If your hmm. gut reaction is anything but skepticism or mm-hmm. let me do the research, then back up a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to say. Don't be too much of a skeptic, right? I, I know, I keep saying this, I don't want to call out anyone. But the skeptic community is also something that really annoys me, right? Um, They're crazy. Okay, I'm just going to say that. A lot of skeptic people in the skeptic community are just straight up like, I don't know. I don't know what planet they're on, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's one thing to be a skeptic. There's another thing to actively deny evidence, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of the other guys, all right? (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say that. It's a little... So, no much. No <laughs> much, yeah. It's fine. I don't know. I I just have strong. We it's obvious that we have some strong feelings about certain things. Yeah. But it's again. I I don't want. I know it's a whole bag of worms. I'm trying to open up here on this podcast. I really don't want it to be. Mm. Where I don't want it to be a drama or even a commentary thing. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about in particular is the format of how videos are made in YouTube. Where when you make a video and try to present it as fact, 
that's fine depending on whether or not what you're speaking has evidence behind it, right? When I want to talk about certain YouTubers, I want to put them in a, um, in a positive light. An example of that is a lot of people in the BreadTube community, I guess, or LeftTube or whatever. Lindsay Ellis is someone I really like her videos on because all her videos have evidence backing up what she's saying. Or you can understand what she's saying and follow the through line, right? At no point in most of her videos is here's my opinion and I have no other thing about it, right? There's nothing backing up my opinion, but here's my opinion and you guys should take it, right? Um, you can, you see the through line, you see the citations, you understand where they're coming from. My issue is that when someone is like, here's my opinion and they present it like a video essay, even though it's literally, they have no other evidence on it, right? Or like they have a commentary channel and they're like, here's my opinion and that it's fact <laughs> mm -hmm. right instead of here's my opinion and it's just an opinion it's right? like most drama channels like where it's like it's a he said he said she said kind of thing mm -hmm. right where people just say like they pull up texts and then they're like this is this is truth and i'm like they could all be fabricated. What's the difference? Yeah, you. Here's the thing. You you need to take things with a grain of salt most of the time, right? Here's my thing about text on on uh, the internet, right? Yes, they can be fabricated, but you also need to take evidence in consideration, right? I don't want this to go for too long, so I only want to talk about this a little bit more. I feel like we've talked about this a lot. I think you guys know more of what we're trying to say. And you have any questions, you guys can put in the comment. But. When it comes to finding evidence on the internet and thinking is this real or not, right? You have to at least think, you have to at least consider it until it's proven not real, right? Um, you can't just throw it out, is what I'm trying to say. It could be fabricated, it could be uh, edited, it could be um, just completely fake. What I'm trying to say is if there's more evidence backing up it, uh, context that's backing up if this is real then you should be like things are connecting right if there's evidence saying it's not real then you should consider not considering it mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay I think one of the best things that college has taught me um, is research papers right that's a skill that I'm still actively using now because um uh in my uh in my major it was a requirement to learn how to read engineering and research papers and how to analyze papers analyze the studies um and all that i think that's a skill that i still currently use because i enjoy and sometimes have to know all the information before i have like a solid opinion on something right and i'm not perfect sometimes i have a gut reaction i just go with it right that's me yeah <laughs> none of us are perfect sometimes that happens right i just but it's a skill that you everyone i feel like should learn right yeah. it's only you know it's funny because it's only when somebody says is that real that i'm like no. <laughs> and you start thinking about huh. it right <laughs> Maybe it's not real. <laughs> and then you do research, right? Mm -hmm. That's usually how it works for me. 
I'll show something to Kevin. I'm like, whoa, look at this. And he's like, is that real? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> yeah, like, take the time to do research. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I'm not going to say, like, research is fun. Sometimes it is, right? I like doing research, but that is a very personal thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's not most people. That's yeah. not most people. I know. But like I like I like doing research because I like learning about certain statistics and things, mm -hmm. right? I like to actually follow situations like that. Um and that doesn't entire that this skill doesn't 100 apply to just hard numbers, right? You need this skill also teaches you how to throw out research, right? It's becoming more and more common that people are realizing that this research paper wasn't conducted well. Mm -hmm. And so it should be thrown out. Stuff like misinformation is what caused things like the anti-vax movement mm -hmm. or the flat earth movement or like... <laughs> Or like a bunch of conspiracy theories that I don't want to talk about here, right? Yeah. Like... In short... In short... Cite your sources. Cite your sources and actually read them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a true site, right? Mm -hmm. Don't don't give... You know, you don't have to give, like, the full thing. Mm -hmm. If you have an art... If you have a link to an article or you have a link to a paper, mm -hmm. just link it. Yeah. But it's like, if you're trying to make an argument and you have, like... Like you're 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 citing the Onion or mm -hmm. something. It's not like a true true source in any sense. Actively read the things you want to read. Oh, oh, the Onion just reminded me of something. Okay, okay, this is going to go on for like another twenty to thirty minutes. But what? I have to say this. All right, I just have to. Satire is an awful excuse. I hate that excuse for people. Okay, okay I'm not gonna push it for too long. All right. It's I, like another 30 minutes. We're going to talk about satire for okay. another I hate it minutes. when content creators are going like, it's just satire, guys. Or it's just, it's just like, I'm doing a bit, right? Mm -hmm. I hate that. I absolutely hate it because that's not what satire is. <laughs> it's like the Princess Bride. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> not what it is. You do not know what that word means. Because <laughs> remember what I said? That the anime community needs to grow up. Mm -hmm. The film community has an awful issue with satire and not understanding what it means sometimes. Mm. I'm not saying like the high profile one. The high profile one obviously know what it means. That's part of the thing, right? To know what satire is. What I'm trying to say is if part of your satire is having a majority of people agree with the content of the satire rather than the subtext of it you failed as a satire <laughs> you have failed mm -hmm. the whole point of satire is so the content has to be so over exaggerated that the subtext is that this is awful or this needs to be called called out mm -hmm. that's the whole point of satire right if you went into blazing saddles and went in and thought of that racism was cool or cowboys are great. You failed. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> you, you should go into Blazing Saddles thinking like or. Come out of Blazing Saddles being like, man, was that movie a little bit racist? <laughs> wasn't wasn't Western movies kind of, you know, yeah, wasn't that kind of 
bad. bad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny to me because I remember I was watching half of Blazing Saddles and I just couldn't get through it because mm-hmm. it was just too like uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a funny movie, it's a, it's a hilarious movie, but you have to understand where yeah. that movie's coming from. I was like, man, is this movie like racist or something? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh wait, maybe that's maybe that's the point. <laughs> They're a little bit like, racist. Okay, like the producers is a satire. Me is a satire about them accidentally making a satire, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that, if you guys don't quite understand satire and needs to be pounded in the head to you, watch the producers, right? And go into it knowing that it's a satire and them accidentally making a satire. Mm. Suddenly, a lot of things of how satire should be made makes more sense to you. One, this is this is everyone's homework, all right? <laughs> this is your homework. Watch the two... Okay, you don't have to watch a Queen Curio video. That one's kind of long. At least watch Cartoon Cypher and watch their video because that's that's a very underviewed video. It has less than 100,000 views compared to like everyone's issue with the entire situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and watch the producers to truly understand what satire... How satire should be made, right? And how... And how it should be interpreted, right? Mm-hmm. If if you make a satire and the content is what's being agreed with rather than the subtext, failed. I give you an F. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> anyway, that was our show for today. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I hope you guys enjoyed my rant. <laughs> Um, I'm so sorry. We'll, next time we'll have a more calm and casual conversation. I just had to get a lot of this off my chest. I'm sorry. If you have any suggestions for what we should talk about, feel free to send them in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe next time we'll talk about Seven, re- the remake. Sorry, Final Fantasy Seven remake. Oh yeah. Because I would like to talk about uh, talk about it when I finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, I started it today um, or yesterday. Uh, and I got some things to say. We got some games to talk about next time, guys. Yeah, and it's relevant. We got some games, maybe and some we'll movies. Be, we'll be relevant for once, and maybe we can finagle that YouTube algorithm, right? No, yeah, we'll be way too late for that. You know yeah. it. You know we'll be late. I know. <laughs> I, and sometimes I feel okay. You know, I feel bad for for those people who who really try to, and I don't judge people for their you know youtube thumbnails on their clickbait clickbait mm-hmm. because it's how you have to do it now yep. in order to 100%. survive on the yeah. platforms so. if i wanted to actually game the youtube system 100 percent, i'll be doing clickbait every time 100 percent. what would you put on this one on this one yeah uh i would actually call out youtubers 100 percent. if i wanted to make money <laughs> i would call people out for a hell of a time <laughs> This person and, and this person and this person. Yo, fuck this person in particular. Yeah. That person in the anime community, I don't like them. <laughs> you know, like I know I like bread too, but you know that person in bread too. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for watching. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever you're doing. About how angry I got for a second. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Sorry for telling you to do homework, but. That's just how it is, you know? What else are you doing during this quarantine? Maybe working? Supporting a family? <laughs> trying to make ends meet? <laughs> I, 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 I half feel bad 
for putting this up. But again, it's something I have to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, again, the next time, we'll be a lot more chill. We'll be talking about a lot more non-consequential stuff. <laughs> and maybe next time will be more fun. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, if, you, if you want to respond to anything, please leave a comment below. If you want to send something anonymously, we have an email, just a couple Q&A at gmail.com. Yeah. Have a fantastic quarantine, guys. And thank you mm-hmm. for the the unsung heroes of the quarantine thanks for all the people that mm-hmm. are doing their hardest during this time yep so um and thank you for listening to this whole thing i'm mm-hmm. surprised if you got through it yeah to be honest are you surprised you got through my rant mm-hmm. i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> all is forgiven if somebody watches this yeah who knows? If, if you guys got through this thank you you are a true friend <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna cringe when I when I uh, listen to my part when I'm talking about interspecies reviewer. I know, I know I'm gonna say like, oh, why did I say that? Okay, that's it. I think, guys, it's been episode twenty of just a couple thoughts. Wow, that big twenty. Oh, sorry, not twenty. Uh, twenty-one. Oh. Sorry, we already had episode twenty. You say wow, episode twenty-one. Big yeah, twenty-one. All right, bye. We're of age now. <laughs> we can drink legally. This podcast can drink. Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. Remember, stay, stay jacked, uh, friends. Uh, stay jacked, friends. Uh, <laughs>